healthy and be well live large and just do just live a beautiful life um i'm rambling a little bit because i'm super excited today <laughs> i'm actually always super excited about every guest that i have but this is going to be a really fun show because we have uh the amazing May- megan conter who's the ceo of the dames which is the most unique and and amazing international networking women's networking group you can imagine and when i tell people this it's like they're like okay what do you do give out a bunch of cards <laughs> you know which of course it's not really like that but you know when you do networking that's kind of the thing is you give cards and you do stuff and you want to you know you want people to come to you give me your business and this is not that and this has become an i would say an international phenomenon and it is the coolest thing and we're going to really dig into it but megan thank you for being you and for doing um uh all of the amazing things that you do for us ladies out there um so thank you i appreciate being here yes (laughs) absolutely i'm so thrilled i'm ecstatic to be here and yes we're going to talk about all how all that cool Working BS is no longer applicable and should just go away. It's like, true. It's like true. the dodo bird. Yeah, I love it. And it's going to be, we're going to have so much fun. But first, as always, what do we do? So we start the show with gratitude because gratitude can change the world. Um, and if we change our, our if, we, if we come into our days feeling uh, grateful for whatever it is, maybe it's your dog, maybe it's the fact you have a home to live in, maybe it's the fact that you have food to eat, maybe it's the fact that you can change the world with an amazing networking group. (laughs) You know, it's all of the things, Uh, but we all have something to be grateful for and that's what we want to start our show with. Megan, what are you grateful for? I am most grateful for having quit drinking alcohol four and a half years ago as of November 1st, 2017. That is what I am most grateful for today. And, you know, also being able to see the gray areas in life and get them out of my way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love that. And that is really a big part of today's show. Um, You know, we all have these amazing stories of where we are now, but really what's amazing in the story is where we came from to get to where we are now, to get healthy and to be able to serve people the way that we are meant to, to, to serve, the way that the reason we're here. Um, and so I would say, gosh, I'm grateful for, you know what I'm grateful for? <laughs> we, we, we have, we, so we, we have this home that's, it's a great home, but there are things about it that we want to change if we wanted to change for years. And so we're taking out all the carpet and we're putting in these big two by four tiles. They're huge and they're heavy. They're like 26 pounds a piece. Anyway, I know. Getting your, you're getting your work, workout while you're laying them. <laughs> so we have, um, we looked into having contractors do the work for us and it was outrageous. And we're like, we're going to do it ourselves. And so that's what we've been doing on the weekends for a couple of months and we're still doing, and we have made big strides and it's so pretty and kind of modern and clean and really fun. And I'm grateful for, for, um, for the partnership with my husband that we actually have the ability to do this together and, um, you know, that we can still live together (laughs) and, and that we're just, we're going through it and getting it done and we're making the changes that we want to make in our home. So, um, well, you know, huh? you know, what's funny about that is so, that my husband and I have taken on nearly the same project in our house. Really? We've hated our carpet for yeah. years. Yeah. We're finally at this point where we've said the same thing. It was like, no, we're not going to spend all that extra on a contractor. We've bought this amazing vinyl flooring and we are putting it in ourselves on the weekends. And yeah. we are, too are so grateful to be able to be in good physical health to do this and not kill each other. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is. It is. It's an amazing feeling, and it's such an accomplishment. 
when you're learning how to do it and the cuts and the things and the angles and you're, you know, it's this analytical thing that you've got to have a little bit. My husband's much more analytical than I am, thankfully. But it is, um, it's, it is, it's fun and it's, yeah, we're just having a great time and I'm just excited to have it done. So anyway, uh, grateful for a good husband and for new stuff in the house, you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, so let's dig in a little bit. Um, you know, the way I always like to start is, you know, talking about you, who you are, why you are, why you're where you are, what motivates you, what excites you, what moves you, um, and you know that you have a lot of history um, that has brought you to this amazing place. Where you have how many how many hundreds of people are in your group at this point? Almost five hundred. Almost five hundred. Okay. Um, and we, we really want to dig into that, but you know, what got you to where you are and what, what brought this idea to your head? I have always wanted to know that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want me to answer the, who am I and all that yeah. first or what brought this idea to my head? <laughs> you, you choose the order that makes the most sense. Okay. So it was a dark and stormy night, <laughs> March 19th. 1979 and i was born this is going to take about 17 hours are you ready just kidding I'm ready so i had uh i had a very um i'll just say unfortunate six-year stint in corporate it was not at all a fit for me um i in fact this weaves into the the story about gray area drinking but you know, if, if it wasn't for the social aspect of the people that I worked with at the places that I worked and, you know, the, the corporate card that allowed us to go out to the bars almost every night, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that was the only enjoyable part or what I thought was enjoyable part about my first years. But anyways, um, in 2008, end of 2008 was when I was laid off from my last marketing job the beginning of the housing recession. And that was when I was, you know, the universe put my first uh, gift right in front of me, which was me meeting a bunch of entrepreneurs who suggested that I start my own business in marketing consulting. So years and years morphed and changed my business, had five different business names, um, really morphing between social media management, social media strategy, and then into branding and marketing strategy, where I really landed on the the people that I'm here to impact. It became very clear to me that when I learned that only 2% of female owned businesses ever get to the seven figure mark. And when I really saw how much of how, how huge of missions women have mm -hmm. that I was determined to help more women get to that seven figure mark. And in the beginning, it was really working with my clients one-on-one -on -one to transform the branding and marketing of their business so that they could really communicate who they were and what they were here to achieve and accomplish. We could package price and position them in a way that would allow them to achieve their epic missions. And then I could have the rest of my team help, you know, amplify that, put all of that messaging and everything out into the world. And I loved the work that I did because it was very impactful on me and on my clients. And during that time, I was, well, earlier on, before I started getting focused in that area, I was networking a lot to grow my marketing business, especially when I was in social media. And I did it extremely ineffectively. I did it the old school way where it was like, I'll just accumulate as many business cards as I can, which also means accumulating a ton of business card stab wounds because people just shoving their business card in my face to try to get me to you know, buy whatever they had. And then other times, you know, I had a lot of great friendships that I developed, but it never really translated into anything for me. So I was spending a lot of time. I was drinking a lot of wine. I was drinking a lot of coffee and I was not really getting anywhere except for having stacks of business cards and maybe selling a workshop here and there, or, you know, filling a workshop here and there, not anything great. So in 2014, I kind of had a breakdown and I was like, I've got to figure out how to be more efficient with my networking, with my marketing, with everything that I'm doing for my own business and my own brand. And I was also like really going through the, at that time, the throes of drinking to fit in socially. Mm -hmm. And so basically in 2014, I like to say that I created and put myself into the networking witness protection program, 
where I, <laughs> I devised it and I just put myself in a, in a quiet space yeah. to say, all right, I need to reimagine networking. Cause if it, if I'm feeling this way and I'm talking to a lot of friends who are feeling this way, there's something that's off and I really want to change that. So like any good entrepreneur, um, I use my marketing background, my branding background, and I came out and devised this whole new way of networking, which was based on the power partner concept. Mm -hmm. So in the dames, you don't come into our organization to hunt for and find your end client because that's what creates this low vibrating energy at a lot of networking events that gives networking its bad reputation. Yep. It's basically a place for you to go and try to sell your stuff. Well, who wants to do that? Right. You get to a certain point where it's exhausting because you're just being constantly sold to. So the power partner system is really all about getting people connected to their best, most strategic partners who can open doors for each other to new clients, to thought partnerships, to masterminding challenges, to celebrating wins, to developing business bestie relationships that last for years and years and sometimes lifetimes. And that was really what I was passionate about and wanted to create out in the world. The other thing that I was passionate about at that time was I have got to create something fun in networking because it is boring to go to most networking events and say your elevator pitch 50,000 times and just watch grass grow. That is what so many things, so many events and networks are about. So we started doing Denver Dames events here in 2015, where we've always had our reverse mullet approach networking, <laughs> where we do comedy in the front, connection, and then inspiration in the back. Mm -hmm. And then as we grew here locally, we started to you know outgrow our spaces. And then in 2017, um, when I got really clear and also quit drinking, I had the download, the full-fledged download of what the Dames was going to become and the international organization that it was going to be, rebranded from Denver Dames to the Dames, built our online global uh, networking platform, and then started launching chapters in other markets in 2018, and which we've continued to grow. And so, um, you know, it's actually kind of a funny little, little slit in here, which is when I was looking at this concept of building an online networking platform globally in 2017, I was kind of questioning myself. I'm like, really, who's gonna to wanna to network online? It doesn't really make sense. Everybody loves networking in person. They're all obsessed with in-person everything. And I just knew that I had to trust my intuition on this one and I built it. And I didn't really know why until I closed my marketing business 12, 31, 19 pandemic hit two months later, three months later, yep. and I had an online global mark networking platform that wow. people could join from all yep. over the world. Yep. Then I knew why. Amazing. So everything has changed for me based on removing the gray areas in my life and listening to my intuition, following its words, following its guidance, even when it seems like it's totally wonky and why the heck would I be doing that? And it has brought me to such a beautiful place. I love that so much. Um, I, I I want I want to have share a little history of my own here with the Dames. Is I was brought into the Dames uh, just before the pandemic hit, and I really knew I didn't really know anything about it. Um, but the interesting thing is, I this show I was doing every other week, and I'll tell you that I was panicky every week thinking. Who am I going to have on the show? I don't know a lot of people. I have this amazing show. There's so much I want to share. There's so much I want to talk about. I want to not just be me. I want to have other people. And I reached out to the dames, to the Facebook group, and said, this is what I have. This is what I want to do. And I would love for introductions to anybody who wants to be a part of this show. And let's have conversations and see if it's a fit. And it's because of the dames that I have grown my business. I've grown this radio show. We're, we're every week now. And I am booked out through August, I believe. Um, and just continually talking and learning and meeting people. And these are people, I mean, I've had people on here from all over the world who I've met because of the dames. And the most amazing thing 
is that nobody wants to, I mean, everybody wants to exchange cards, right? We got to have contact information, but that's really as far as it goes. It's always the, what can I do to help? Who can I introduce you to? What is it that you're doing? And, and, and what are your problems? And maybe I can help you. What are you dealing with in business? And maybe I can help you. It's like nothing I've ever seen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I, I can give all the credit to the, to the members believing in the culture and living it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm, I'm just, I, it's just so much fun. And when I talk about it, it's still like people don't really get it until they're in it. Yeah. It's, it's a, so I'm fully aware that I'm creating a full paradigm shift yeah. in the way of networking yeah. and it, which as you know, in the world of health, paradigm shifts take a long time, right? right? They take time, they take dedication, they take saying the same thing 500,000 times, <laughs> and they take the willingness to have periods of hust have periods of halt, mm -hmm. and then have periods of acceleration, and then have periods of halt and acceleration. And that is what creating a movement and creating a paradigm shift is all about. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting how that's why we've started doing roundtables so that women can come in and at least experience a little bit of what power partnering is. And, and like you said, just the, the willingness of dames to come forth and say, Hey, let's jump on a quick call and I'll help you through whatever this thing is that you're facing. You don't have to sign up with me to, you know, join my program for the next 12 months. Like, let's just jump on and see what we can do, how we can help each other. And that is really the community that we've created of abundant thinkers who have, nothing but generosity and time and um, not, not that they have like an abundance of time because right. we, have, we all have the same 24 hours and we're all very busy, yeah. but they are generous with their time. They're yeah. generous with their, their knowledge and their hearts. Yeah. And that's the most beautiful thing. It really is. It, it, it truly is. So I want to back up a little bit because you, you kind of, we grazed over it a little bit, but I think, um, the way that it, was, that it was supposed to be. But a lot of this show and a lot of the shows that we do are really about how, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I've, I say this a lot, but the show has, has, has morphed a bit in a good way. You know, I want to talk about it's all health and wellness, but, you know, health and wellness is so broad. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I have had only entrepreneurs on the show um, unintentionally, but I love it that it's been that way. It's been a lot of women. But, you know, our health and wellness is, is, is who we are, how we navigate, how we think, how our mind works, how our body feels, the food, then, of course, then the food that we eat and the movement and the stress and the and, and traumas. And all of this is so involved. And so in order for, for probably most everybody who's an entrepreneur or who's alive, <laughs> in order to, to get where you are, you go through some junk and it builds you up. Um, it may not feel like building up at the time, but it builds you up. And so a big part of this show is something that I had not heard the term before, but I think many, many, many people relate to it is the gray area drinking. And then so and then you have taken that also into, you know, what are the gray areas of life that can that need to be removed? So I want to I want to kind of dive in a little bit to to you know, sort of how you discovered that you were a gray area drinker, what got you to the point, what was your, you know, and, and real quick, I want to let you really dig into this, but the gray area drinking are, is, it's not necessarily alcoholism, but it's a place where you are maybe drinking more than you should, maybe doing the blackouts, maybe you don't drink at all on the week, on, during the week, but you're drinking too much on the weekends, and you want to stop, and sometimes you do, and then you go back to it, so it's this interesting place where especially people who are social and are networking and trying to build businesses and all these things, everything is drinking is so social. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, but when it want to get your your story and um, what what has how all of this came where you came from with that. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, I can't hear you. That was probably me. Uh, Did it now? Okay. now? Yep, yep, we're okay. um, I'll try to give the shortest version possible. So uh, without, you know, with also explaining all this, because it's a lot, but I would just, I would start back, let's say early on when I was starting my own business, it's like, I 
like I said, in my corporate career, it was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of, that was like the social activity of, especially the banking world when I was in there was everybody goes out after work and drinks on the corporate card. And it's extremely um, embedded into our professional society, drinking, and especially drinking with your team, um, companies providing alcohol at functions and events, companies taking their employees out for dinner and copious amounts of alcohol. It is very much embedded into the American culture from early ages on, obviously, you know, we know about drinking in college. And I just thought, for a long time, yeah, I'm just engaging with alcohol the same way all of my peers are, the same way all of my, you know, yeah, basically all my peers are. And so there's, there can't be anything wrong with that because it's what everybody's doing, of course. Um, And then, like I said, when it was in the early days of my business and networking, yeah, it was just what everybody was doing. So let's have a couple of glasses of wine, which turns into Sometimes, I mean, even if it's on a weekday and it's two glasses of wine, three nights a week, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. And then you go on to the weekends when I'm out partying with my friends and it goes into a little bit more. And I want to say that something that really stopped me in my tracks was when I went in for a physical and my doctor told me when I had written down that the most that I drink in a 24 hour period was three drinks, which was a total lie. Um, (laughs) I, I, she had said, we need to talk about your alcohol consumption. And I was like, because I have three drinks in a day mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she was like, actually, if women have more than, and I don't remember the exact amount of ounces, but basically more than two drinks in a 24 hour period, you're considering, you're considered to be over drinking. You're considered to be moving into the, the territory and the zone of drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Like that is where you start to get into the uh uh-oh type area. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like thinking about my friends, thinking about my, like other people in my communities and just thinking about how that is like nothing. And so that was one of those moments that just kind of hit me. But what I really started dealing with in, in 2015 and 16 was, you know, after going out with my friends on the weekends, I would hit Monday and I would feel exhausted. I would feel depressed and I would feel anxious. And I, my body was like trying to process from the weekend and trying to like come back online after Sunday, fun day, or after, Mm -hmm. you know, going out on Saturday night or even on Friday night. And I was just like, man, this is, I mean, I, I'd heard of course, when you get older, this is what starts happening, but I'm thinking I'm in my late thirties. It's not really, I'm not, it's not like this should be affecting me this much. So I was always blaming it on myself saying, you know, I must not know how to control myself. I must not know, you know, whatever. And I would quit for periods of time. So I'd quit drinking for like three months and I'd feel better mm-hmm. or I'd start to feel better, but then there would be an occasion and I'd have to, you know, go to a cousin's birthday party or go on a trip and I'd be drinking again. And you know, I would cut it out so that it would only be on weekends, but it didn't really matter because I was still dealing with that yo-yo back and forth. And at that time I met a woman named Jolene Park and she has a fantastic, um, YouTube, sorry, not YouTube, TEDx talk on YouTube. And it, it talks about gray area drinking Mm -hmm. and it's really, I met with her. She was a friend, she is a friend. And I met with her at that time. And she was like, you know, you could just quit drinking. And I was like, well, why would I want to do that? I'm not an alcoholic. She's like, yeah, you're a gray area drinker. You don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it, is it enhancing your life? And I was like, well, I mean, it's fun. You know, I have fun with my friends and she's like, okay, what about afterwards? And I was like, uh, yeah, I feel like crap for several days. Okay. Do you, are, are you always in a, a great state or a great place with your husband? No, we actually fight a lot. Okay. Are you always doing the things that you're intending to do in your business? Well, no, I'm actually not really all that motivated all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I just started investigating and looking at all the areas of my life to see, am I just defending alcohol, which I find happens a lot. Um, And indeed I was, I was totally defending alcohol. I was making excuses to myself, telling myself that, well, I can't possibly fit in. I can't possibly um, hang out with my friends. I can't like, what am I going to do if I don't drink? Like it's, 
everywhere. It's all in the culture of everything. I'll be the weirdest person around. I'm the life of the party. I can't do this. So it took me, you know, a good year of significant yo-yoing back and forth between do I just try to figure out how to moderate, which is for most people, total BS, yeah. or do I completely cut it out? And I, it was, um, October 31st, 27 or yeah, 2017, I was sitting on a rooftop bar with my cousin and some friends and I was dressed up, I was freezing and I had this drink in my mouth, in my hand and I took a sip and it tasted like dirt. Mm. And I was like, I'm just done. Like, I'm just done. I don't, I don't want this. I handed it to my cousin. I had even taken a sip and I left. And I didn't know it, what that meant at the time, but it wasn't until January when I was sitting at a sober event with uh, Annie Grace, who wrote a book called This Naked Mind, which is amazing. And the woman sitting next to me said, you know, have you read Annie's book? And what's your, what's your journey with alcohol? And I'm like, that's a weird question. I don't know what that means. And what have you decided about it? And I was like, you know, I don't know that I've decided anything. I'm just kind of in a period of questioning the gray area of drinking. And I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do. And uh, my intuition spoke to me very loud and clear right at that moment and said, you are done. Wow. Like you are done. Mm -hmm. And so then I spent the next several months really unraveling what that meant. Um, reading Annie Grace's book was really helpful. I read since then I've read many others quit like a woman and we are the luckiest are at the top of my list. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about our society. I learned a lot about the alcohol industry and <laughs> I learned a lot about our brains and our bodies and how detrimental alcohol really is on our whole systems. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, and, and, um, I'm totally blanking on her name, but the woman who wrote Quit Like a Woman tells it, calls it poison. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me once I had that because I could be like, okay, would I want to drink rat poison? No. <laughs> why the hell am I, why, why would I want to continue with this? Yeah. And it took me a good year and a half to really get to the point. Thankfully, my husband quit a month before me, oh, by the way. Nice. Thank God. Because, right? yeah, mm -hmm. I have other friends who have, quit without their husbands quitting. And it's been a much more difficult journey, yeah, yeah. but I, it took me months of really realizing that gray areas deplete you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they depleted me a lot. They depleted me of my joy. They depleted me of my reserves. They grayed out my intuition. Yeah. There were times when I couldn't even hear that voice that is very clear to me. Now I couldn't hear it because I was I was dulled by drinking mm -hmm. and it, it grayed out a lot of the signs that I needed to see, to see that there was this, that drinking was a big block in my pathway and that that was what was keeping me from living my biggest dreams. And yes, I had Denver Dames at the time and yes, it was growing and yes, my marketing business was doing well, but like, ultimately I was just kind of not doing great in anything, mm -hmm. not doing great in my marriage, not doing great in my health. Um, and so during that period of time of removing that rock, I really like all of the challenges hit me at first, right. Yeah. Of what is it to feel your feelings fully? Mm -hmm. What is it to get to remove all the proteins that your body creates to digest and process alcohol? What is it to, um, like have a whole different way of eating at this point in time, because I didn't crave the the crappy foods anymore. So not only did I quit drinking, but a few months later I quit eating gluten and dairy. And oh, it was just, nice. I started feeling like a whole new person, but it was also like, I was dumping toxins into my body and eliminating them. And I was, mm -hmm. you know, I was going through a lot psychologically and, and spiritually at the time, because I really had to realize that I hadn't known who I was. Yeah. I hadn't spent a lot of time figuring out who I was and what I wanted and really where I was headed until I removed that giant gray area from my life and started looking at things very intensely. And I think that that is why a lot of people don't do it. Don't, don't quit drinking when they're a gray area drinker, because yeah. it's really hard when you're an alcoholic and someone tells you it's a matter of life or death, or 
you know, you're court mandated to, to quit drinking or whatever. It's like that hard stop of like, you've got to stop this is one thing, then your own inner choice, like this is not working for me. Right. And I want to live a better life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's going to look like. And yeah, I didn't go out with my friends for a good six months after, well, it was probably longer than that, wow. after I quit drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, my social life very much changed. Um, my husband's and my relationship got so much better mm-hmm. because we were being able to speak about things when we weren't, you know, letting our altered state yeah, yeah. create fights. Yeah, yeah. But it changed a lot for me. And I didn't, I didn't network, you know, I didn't. Like I was going inside for a lot of things during that period of time and really working on myself and working on the business and working on everything else. But yeah, that was, that was an intense period of time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was doing um, some reading and, you know, so much of, of this, and this is not everyone, um, but again, I think that, that so many people, whether they like it or not relate, um, And so much of it, too, is, you know, because you kind of hit the nail on the head, it's this emotional letting loose, uh, which is a problem that you need something to let loose emotionally. But, you know, we, you know, at this point, too, we have gone, I, I, I saw a stat, but we have gone with the whole pandemic, which has been madness in so many ways. But people just went, either they, they came in and just stopped and took care of themselves like you did, or they just right. went way off the edge. And so in 2020, alcohol sales increased by 54% in March. And online alcohol sales were up by 477% towards the end of April compared to the year before. What? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy to, to think that, but you know, we have this 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 place that we've now been put in where we are, you know, we have more anxiety, more frustration, more depression, more loneliness. And what are we doing? If we're already in that place where we're trying to numb those feelings, we're drinking more and we're drinking more and we're drinking more and we're drinking by ourselves. Um, And so I saw that and I was, I mean, I knew that it went up. I mean, it's so (laughs) sad, but floored when I read that stat. Yeah. What do you even think that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the most socially accepted drug. Yeah, totally. And when you look at the stats of how many deaths alcohol creates versus cocaine or heroin, mm-hmm. you would be even more floored. Yeah. Well, it's true. And they've even gone up since, you know, the last two years significantly, right. you know, I think. It and is- I, Oh, totally. And I I think that what I'm most grateful for in this way of like learning about the gray area is that there's so many communities that have been created for people that are not AA. A lot of people have a lot of issues with AA and the rigidity of it, the, the calling yourself, labeling yourself an alcoholic for the rest of your life. There's, there's a lot of things that just don't resonate with people. Understandably, just like networking, it's a hundred plus year old system that's been around and we're trying to apply it to modern day. It's like, for God's sakes, let's innovate. (laughs) Um, But there's the the Tempest community, which I think she's rebranded Holly, Holly Whitaker. That's quit like a woman there. Her name went. And there's so many other communities where it's women are being able to see that this whole mommy drinking culture Mm -hmm. and women drinking to, like you said, numb themselves, numb our feelings, be able to deal with life that's a problem. And when we really have the fact that, again, if you drink women drink more than two alcoholic beverages in a 24 hour period, you are no longer a moderate drinker. Right. That's like to, and yes, I understand that there are plenty of people out there who literally are one drink wonders. That's a lot of my friends. They have one drink. My mom is the same one drink and she is happy and good and tipsy. And that is a great moderation, yeah. but a vast majority of people that I witness, mm-hmm. it is nowhere near that. And they think that they're drinking moderately, but when you're witnessing them have their fifth, their sixth, their yeah. seventh drink, it's yeah. like, this is the culture that we are living in. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is stark and dreary and scary. And I'm really grateful that 
because I speak about my journey, I have women coming to me all the time and men coming to me saying, I want to quit drinking. I don't know how to do this. Like, do you have any recommendations for me? And how can I do this? Mm -hmm. Because I think that the more of us that jump into that courageous space, the, the better the world's going to be. And we're going to remove, we're going to decrease those statistics of 400 or four, what was it? 4,000% increase? 477% uh, towards the end of April. Online. I mean, yeah, it, that's, that's when the, it's, 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 it's really a, a jaw dropper. Um, anyway, I think, so there's, there are a couple of things um, that I want to nerd out on a little bit because I think it's let's, super fun. Let's nerd out. Let's do it. <laughs> But first, I need to take a quick break because I need to talk about our sponsor, Cellcore Biologics, who Cellcore Biosciences Biologics. What is that? <laughs> Talking to too many clients with autoimmune diseases, I think. I don't know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> My brain. So Cellcore Biosciences, amazing, innovative company uh, and the products that they sell to practitioners, only to practitioners. So you have to find uh, someone who uses it, which is growing exponentially because they are so innovative in their approach. Um, they are, uh, their goal is truly to, to, you know, so I am a, a practitioner, I look for the root cause. I wanna find the root cause and I wanna address the root cause and then allow the body to work on its own. Um, and so a company like Cellcore has that in mind. So they their goal is to address the mitochondrial dysfunction, the cellular dysfunction that uh, that, that happens when our bodies are dealing with significant toxicants that we don't know that we're dealing with. So it can be parasites, it can be worms, it can be environmental toxins, it can be, uh, you know, the chemicals in our home, it can be mold, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And we're so surrounded and inundated by it that it really creates a problem and brings the body down. And it's really tough on a body. And so their delivery system is what's so unique about their their products and the way that they work. And they work just beautifully. I just think they're life changers. So I'm super grateful to Cellcore for what they do, what they're doing for practitioners, what they're doing for practitioners, clients, and patients. Um, I just love it to pieces. I, and so you, you can I think you can go to their website and you can find practitioners. Um, and of course I am one of them. So always feel free to reach out if you have questions about it. That kind of leads me into a little bit of the nerd out um, because I was, I think it's important for people to, to have an understanding that so often when we have these, these cravings and these needs and, um, and the, the, the feeling like you have the inability to stop whatever it is, whether it's drinking or overeating or, smoking or something like that um, and this comes directly from that TED talk because it was it was so good and so moving that I, I really wanted to make a point of it because there's a lot of blame we blame ourselves you know I blame myself because I can't control my eating or I can't control my sugar intake or I don't I eat even, even when I'm not hungry and I say these things because I, this is what I hear from clients all the time um, I was talking to one yesterday and she was like yeah, I don't, you know, I, I'm not really hungry at night, but I eat anyway. And I said, okay, so why is that? And so it's an awareness of the body and what the body's telling you. Because when these things happen, they're symptoms. Full-blown diseases are just a cluster of symptoms, right? And so the thing that, and remind me, um, the girl's name who did the TED Talk? Jolene Park. Jolene Park. Uh, her website, I wrote it down, is Gray Area Drinkers. Is that right? GrayAreaDrinkers.com. Yep. And she did a great job, but yeah. she's also a functional nutritionist. So I was like, oh, awesome. I like her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when we have these, these, these emotions and these things and these anxieties that we don't know how to handle or we don't understand so often, if not a lot of the times, I mean, there are many imbalances in the body but it, it's because we're our neurotransmitters are being affected and it's the the GABA the serotonin the dopamine those are the three big ones and I wrote down because I think this is really important you know what she said GABA is your anti-anxiety neurotransmitter if it's low you're worried you're anxious and you ruminate on things so so many of us I've done this when you're sitting and your mind is just spinning and going and going and going 
you that's that's low GABA. And so what happens, you're like, I need a drink, I gotta stop it. Or I need to go smoke some weed because I gotta stop it, right? There's something and what I always try to tell people is you gotta you you gotta ask the question why? Why am I feeling this way? Why is my mind reeling? Um, serotonin is an, a, a, the antidepressant, so if it's low, you're going to be depressed, you're going to crave carbs and alcohol, and you're not going to sleep well. So you take out, you drink alcohol or whatever it might be to have fun. Dopamine uh, is for focus and motivation, um, and so it's hard to, if it's low, it's hard to stay on track and hard to, to move forward with your goals, and so you use alcohol to connect and engage, or whatever your thing might be. And so when you, when, so say you're at a networking meeting, right? Any random networking meeting where you have alcohol um, and you, or you just you think about your friends and your family maybe and the reasons why they go and they're doing the networking and they're drinking and what, what they're typically like and what are their emotions like, you know, there are reasons behind it. And when you're able to support neurotransmitters, which we can do nutritionally as well as um, by physically going out and grounding and being in nature um, and meditating and praying, but eating protein. Protein is a building block for neurotransmitters or the amino acids um, and essential fatty acids. So all of these things that we do in life that are healthy are the things that help us build our neurotransmitters and then help us to get beyond those things that are creating the problem for us, like mm. the gray area drinking. Right. Yeah. So I thought that that was just, I, I found it so interesting to put those things together because my hope is somebody who's listening, one or all of those things, they went, oh, okay, I get it. And there's something that I can do about it. Yeah. And what I love about what you said was you include, or you said you encourage your clients to pause. At what point do you encourage them to pause and ask? I forgot what you said. Um, wait, well, so it was pretty immediate, you know. So the conversation that I had last night specifically was we're going through what is going on day to day. What are the foods you're eating? When are you eating? Why are you eating? You know, I, I get as detailed as possible. It's a two-hour meeting in my first meeting. So we're really digging in. And it was when she said, so, you know, I go home and I eat. I'm not really hungry, but I eat. And it was a tell me why. So it's, it's immediately, let's sit back and let's think and let's, 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 I don't, I don't want to let it pass. I want to think about it and I want to talk about it. And I want there to be a realization and a, well, I guess that's it. It's the realization. And then we can build off of that. Right. So it's noticing that, that habit that we have that's yeah. ingrained that is in between stimulus and action. Right. right. So it's like we have a, a certain feeling or a certain thing that comes up in us and our habit formed, our habit that has been formed is grab for a glass of wine, grab for a joint, yeah. grab yeah. for food, grab for more work, yeah. grab yeah. for whatever, instead of, oh, there's that stimulus again. Now, what is my choice, my conscious and aware choice? Mm -hmm. That right there, that nanosecond of a period of time is what you really get clear on and focus on when you're quitting drinking or smoking or anything. Yeah. Because you start to you start to see an anger management same thing. You start to see the need to elongate that nanosecond so that you can break it down and see okay, what all right here. I've felt this stimulus. Now what am I feeling inside right now? What is my current feeling? oh, I'm feeling sad about something, or oh, I'm starting to feel frustrated about something. Okay, well, that is what is actually causing you to grab for that thing that is your comfort blanket, that's your coping mechanism. Right. And then you get to say, okay, if I can stop that response and stop the, I'm grabbing for X, Y, Z and start looking more deeply inside and saying, okay, what is it that I actually need? Mm -hmm. What would really be helpful for me right now? Mm -hmm. Would it be to go outside for a walk? Would it be to go call a friend? Would it, this is why AA has sponsors. I mean, you're, you're supposed to call people when you're starting to feel that, but there are so many things that we can do to break that, that, that neural pathway and say, okay, here's a, new, here's a new one. When I start to feel anxious at a networking event, I'm gonna go ask for a soda water mm -hmm. 
and then <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> go to water is what I meant. I don't know why I even said soda. Club soda is what I meant to say. I'm going to go ask her a club soda. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to find, you know, somebody who looks friendly or I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to the person who's hosting the event or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we have to really slow down that response. And this is what a lot of people aren't willing to do is slow down enough to see what those micro responses are that we have created these patterns that we've created or you know for me i started drinking in college so at Mm -hmm. 19 years old (laughs) until i was 38 that's a lot of years of programming to stop and that's you know we we deal that with you deal with that with eating you we deal with that with smoking drink the whole nine yards every kind of addiction or propensity toward overconsumption is habit that has been formed and it's a really deep subconscious habit yeah yeah it is it's interesting um you know i um all of this is very um there's a word i'm looking for because it's not condemning you know because i'm sitting here thinking because i haven't stopped drinking um i like having my glass of wine i love having a glass of champagne um i you know i certainly have had my periods of overdoing it but i am much more aware over the last couple of years, um, I, I have much more of an awareness of how much. Um, but it's still, you're sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking, is it still too much? You know, it's definitely not daily, but, but what, you know, what if? You know, it's that, it's the realization. And then, like you said, it's that taking the time to sit back and understand what, where you are and what your thoughts are. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I appreciate that. And I hope that... Um, if anything, if anybody takes anything from this, it's 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 that sit back and learn what your body's telling you. Um, understand what your body, your mind, you know that it is, you know it's just the it's almost the Pavlov's dog, you know. And I noticed this um, earlier in life, but it's okay. We're going through the week, and it's Thursday, Thursday, Thursday's not Friday, Thursday's not Saturday, but it's Thursday. We we're gonna go have a drink, you know. <laughs> we're gonna go do happy hour. And so it does become this repetitive, uh, uh, it's just what you do, and that's what everybody mm-hmm. does, especially when you have all your friends doing it and you have a good time, but taking a step back. And one of the things that I wanted to say is when it comes to anxiety, one of the best things to do is to breathe. Do that deep belly breathing, because when you do the deep belly breathing, it tends to really calm that anxiety, it also boosts your neurotransmitters. Then the three things that deplete your neurotransmitters are gonna be anything that are in over the overconsumption. It's gonna be drinking, it's gonna be eating, and it's gonna be smoking, and these things that are more damaging, plus they're poisons. Yeah. Yeah. And only you know if you are overconsuming. Right. And only you know, like before I actually quit, I had that nagging voice in the back of my head that I just was like, shut up. Yeah. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear you. And I would defend the heck out of drinking alcohol, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear you. Yes, I understand. And I was having even spiritual feathers, <laughs> which started in like 2010. And then it became like a little bit more of a pat on the head. And then it became, oh my gosh, here's a giant gust of wind. And then it became a giant crack over the head. And it was these things that were messages that were being sent to me to be like, this is an area you need to look at. Mm -hmm. This is the rock that is right in front of your pathway. And just to like, to show that you know, if it hadn't have made a big impact on my life after I quit, it could have been a very different situation. I could have been like, all right, well, I'll just figure out how to moderate, but everything changed. The proof was everywhere. My business doubled, Mm. you know, the dames exploded. The, my husband's and my relationship changed. I lost 15 pounds that I've never regained. Mm -hmm. There were so many things for me that changed, and that's not unanimous across the board because a lot of people have issues with going to sugar after right. I went to workaholism. Yeah. So there yeah. went to another free area of, you know, uh, working way too much, which is the other gray area that I've been removing in my work life. And we start to figure out what our new coping mechanisms are, mm-hmm. you know? So for some people, it's getting really 
deeply into spirituality, getting into meditation, getting into breath work, getting into, you know, some people it's, they get really geeked out, nerd out, like on nutrition, or, you know, they start geeking out and nerding out on working out. There's a lot of positive coping mechanisms that we can um, realize are much better choices for us if know that that is true for us. And I just know that if anybody ever talks, like when I talk about alcohol and I talk about the reason that I quit, and if people say to me immediately, oh, well, I don't need to quit. I don't have a problem. There's nothing that I, I don't have a problem. There's like, I'm not the person who has a problem. I just, I, you know, and the, the, they keep talking and talking. It's like, you are talking yourself out of this. I doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all. But if you have that feeling inside of yourself, anyone who's listening, that could be something that you might want to look into and say, okay, is it, is this serving me? Is it helping me get to where I'm really headed into the epic mission that I have to, to um, achieve in my life? Or is it hindering me from that? Yeah. Workaholism was hindering me as well. You well, know, working that, yeah. days a week was not as good as working for. Yeah. Well, and that was, that was going to kind of be a lead in, um, is, you know, or my next thought or question is, you know, you talk about then your coping mechanisms and your other gray areas in life and in business. And so you went to, did you say you went to working six days a week? Is that what you were doing? I was already working six days a week, but now it was, um, I, I could get more done because I didn't have the blurry mind. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I just continued to work Monday through Friday and Sunday. And I continued to run two businesses simultaneously. And I got to definite points where it was like, I was getting those spiritual nods of, Hey, you're working too much. Hey, you're just avoiding everything, all the feelings in another way. Now, Hey, you're ignoring the things that are trying to, that are trying to come through so that you can know the truth about yourself. And you're now just working through them because you get in work mode and your brain focuses on that and you don't have to feel your feelings. And so it really just, I realized probably a year afterwards, it was probably wasn't even until 2019. It wasn't, wasn't until 2019 that I realized that I had moved right into working too much and that I had this belief that was no longer serving me that I needed to continue doing my marketing work and growing the dames because on some, I can't even remember what it was at this point. If I don't X, Y, Z, it means X, Y, Z about me which no longer is true. And that's why I can't even remember it. But it wasn't until I was like, I deserve to actually work a normal work week and I will be far more productive if I do. And I don't need to have two distinctly different companies that I'm running, which takes my efforts in two very different directions, even though some of it is parallel, the people I'm serving is parallel. And so that was like the end of 2019 when I finally allowed myself to close my marketing business and focus full-time on dames when I had really started only working four days a week at that point. That was when I'm like, I'm taking Fridays off and I'm not working on Sundays anymore. Good for you. Um, and it took me a while into the pandemic to really not go back to working on Sundays, but it has been pretty, pretty uh, systematic for me, pretty regular for me that I don't work on Fridays and I don't work on Sundays or Saturdays, obviously anymore. And so I'm doing a four day week. Um, and that has really shifted. That's amazing. One of the things that I have been very pretty, mostly stringent about is are my weekends. Um, I do work a full five days and I, I probably put in, you know, 55, 60 hours a week. Um, and which is more than I need to do. Sometimes it's more than that. But that's beside the point. You know, it, my, my point is um, I make sure that my weekends are mine. You know, I'm very mm-hmm. clear that I don't work weekends unless I'm at a conference or something that I want to do and, you know, continuing education and all the fun things. But um, taking that time, and I think not enough people do that. Um, I When I first started the business, it's like there's no way I'm working weekends. And I know a lot of people do because, you know, we're working with people who – work during the week and it can make it difficult but i was like it's just not happening (laughs) yeah entrepreneurs really struggle with it we i mean most entrepreneurs and we have conversations about this in our enriching conversations calls and the dames about 
you know, how women especially will defend their work hours. They'll defend, well, I do love working 50 hours a week. I love all the work that I'm doing. But if you really then sit down and ask them, what do you want most in your business right now? They're like to find somebody to do half the stuff that I'm doing. And, you know, you would say, okay, well, that's because you don't actually love doing all the things that you're doing. And that's getting those things off of your plate. We were never meant to run a whole business single-handedly. That's a lot of work to do. Um, You know, so there's, there's all these things that we have that are the defense mechanisms that we build up for any kind of uh, propensity or addiction or, you know, overconsumption of anything. We, we will, we will make excuses till the cows come home. until we realize that we are making excuses and the cows still aren't home. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) I don't know if that made any sense, but I don't don't really care. It was was perfect. I love it. So I think on that, I want to, I want you to talk about all of the things that the Dames offers, because this is not just a connection group. It's not just a networking group. You do a lot for the people in the group. So let's, let's dig into that. Yeah, so we are we are an organization that is completely dedicated to the needs, wants, and desires of our of our members, and that is women who are running six and seven figure businesses, and women who are in director plus roles in large companies. That is who we are. That is who we serve. We're an application based community, and want members to be at that threshold, and we want them to be a radical radical collaboration culture fit, as well as a growth mindset fit. So we are really looking for those women who, you know, they're getting it. They we walk into the community and you can know that the other women who are around you are at a similar stage of business. They get you, they understand the challenges that you're facing and that you're trying to balance your family, your, your personal self, your health, your business, your finances, everything. And so what we've put together is a community that's organized around four core intentions One, which is we have our strategic matchmaking service and we believe in the power of power partnerships. So we help our members learn who their best power partners are. Then we do strategic matchmaking to connect them directly together so that they can make as much of an impact on each other as possible. I got an email this morning. (laughs) Yes. I did, yeah. Awesome, beautiful. And then we have our second sphere, which is all about connecting with your chapter. So that's, we have um, seven local chapters and then we have our virtual chapter, which spans the globe. And we have events that are dedicated to really connecting those, those local members because our global tenant is really what is most important. We believe that women need to connect with women all around the globe and that you will learn far more when you expand past the four corners of your state or 72 corners, depending on how complex your state is laid out. (laughs) And we really believe that women who are connecting across the world are going to, they're going to have much better businesses. They're going to have more impact on the world and they're going to have a wider breadth and knowledge of what the heck's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Our third sphere is our events where we have connection. So it's all about deepening your connections that you have and then meeting new women and getting connected outside of the dames to other potential power partners and people and clients that you need. Um, And then our fourth sphere is about learning. And so that's really learning and problem solving, Mm -hmm. honestly. So we have our mastermind calls for the 250K, 500K and seven figure level. We have our next level skills trainings on all kinds of personal and professional growth. And then we have our million dollar power hours facilitated by our dames of influence who run seven figure businesses. All of that wrapped up in a great membership site, online communities, and just an amazing community of women who are here to serve one another as we, as we grow. And as we go through the craziness of this life and this running business together. (laughs) Well, it is, it is a game changer and I'm super grateful for you. I'm grateful for the dames. Um, is there anything else? I know that you have a, a meeting coming up. Is there anything else you yeah. want to jump into or say, or say, or is that it? No, I would just say, um, yeah, visit the dames.co if you're interested in learning about us and, and make sure that you yourself, uh, if you're a leader that you're looking at yourself first and foremost, and really looking at the areas and the habits that you have and seeing if they're serving you, seeing if your coping mechanisms are healthy. Um, we didn't even talk about anger, which was 
a great one that I dealt with a couple years ago in life. There's so many gray areas we could talk about, but you're amazing. And don't be shameful about these things. Just deal with them and deal with them by eliminating them. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yes, Um, thank you. Yeah. So just real quick, uh, thank you for joining us. We're streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. You can find me at TasteLifeNutrition.com or TasteLifeNutrition on any of the social media channels. Um, uh, you can, we, we're doing group coaching, uh, we're doing all of our meetings virtually. So reach out, happy to answer any questions. You can do an, an, an assessment online where I'll reach out to you personally and we'll chat about stuff that's going on with you. So, uh, we are here every week, every Thursday, 10 AM, and we'll see you next week. Thanks everybody. Thanks so much, Megan. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye.